0: Well, good morning again. So glad you're here as we've started our spring break. And the sun is out, praise the Lord. Uh, as you just saw that a video from uh, J.D. Greer. J.D. is our new uh, Southern Baptist uh, Convention president. Uh, and his emphasis is for our convention to join together, uh, to reach, uh, to share, uh, to love people to Christ, and uh, which should be our, our, our position. Amen. Uh, so, so that's why uh, we uh, we are entering into this uh, Who's Your One campaign as we lead up to our crusade, and uh, I, I just ask that you would be in prayer. I'm so excited to see our our our, uh, our vases in the front being filled with ping pong balls. Now, if you haven't here, if you haven't been here, and you don't know what that's about, the, each and every one of those ping pong balls has uh, has a, a red. Um, Name or uh, uh, initials or something about it, each and every one of those represent a person uh, from our church who is burdened for somebody in their lives that d- doesn't know Jesus Christ or has fallen away from Christ, uh, so each and every one of those balls is is uh, a prayer uh, for our church to be lifting up uh, someone around us uh, that needs to know the lord so i I continue to ask you uh, as we come together as a church. Uh, um, collectively, that we would pray for each and every one of those uh, people that are represented in those. And if you haven't uh, had an opportunity to do that, ask ask that you would be in prayer about who is your one that God is, is, is speaking to you about, and we'll talk about more about that. Uh, so anyway, this morning, I'm so glad you're here, and uh, I, I I heard about this barber right barbers are just great people aren't they all right i I heard about this barber he was a great guy he was uh and he was this church going guy And, and he went to church and he was very uh he was very burdened because uh the the pastor gave a Great rousing uh, a sermon about evangelism, and, and this, pa- this barber uh, just knew and that God was speaking specifically to him that he needed to start sharing his faith. Uh, so, this barber he he came to the pastor he joined this uh, uh, this uh, soul winners class and he he came for weeks to this class he started memorizing scripture and uh, he began to uh, take notes he even he even began to draw diagrams on on how to share your faith and uh, as he finished up this course uh, uh, the next day before he opened his shop, he prayed and he asked God uh, just to give him. Uh, one person that that needed to hear uh, his testimony and, and, and that he could share his faith with. So as he finished uh praying the ding of, of his door happened and and this this big burly biker dude comes in. This guy has got tattoos all over him. He's got his leather and his chains and 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 and, and he comes in and he says, Hey I, I lost a bet. So I need you to uh, shave the beard off of my face, and he sits down in his chair, and and, and the barber he he just knows uh, that this is the one that God sent him to uh, to share his faith with this morning, and and as I think all of us are, he was a little bit more than nervous, right? And so he sits. The, the big biker dude sits down in the chair, and and the barber goes over, and he gets his his his, his, his thing, and he starts sharpening it. His his, his and and. And he's he's just nervous and he's worried he's scared he's like how is how is this going to happen how am I going to share my faith with this big man what's what's going to happen when I start sharing my faith is is he going to get upset is he going to get mad what 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 is going to happen but he said I I know that I have to share my faith with this this big man so he, so he started sweating over how he's going to bring up the conversation uh, to this this big biker dude finally he said as he's sharpening his blade sir are you prepared to die (laughs) sometimes we just don't know how to say it do we but he started the conversation that day uh, like we talked about last week, we, we talked about uh, becoming Jesus' disciples. Uh, we we, we want to be known as Christians, but, but we want to be known as Jesus' disciples. That's, that's, that's what the early church was known as, as disciples. Uh, the great compliment that we saw from last week was that when people who were following uh, their rabbi uh, so closely, the the greatest uh, compliment that they could get was to hear the words, the dust of your rabbi is upon you, right? Meaning you are so much, you are so close to your rabbi that even his dust is on you. We want, we need to become so close to Jesus that His dust is upon us. Amen? This is who we are supposed to be. This is what we are supposed to be. Jesus said, If you love Me, you will keep My commandments. Amen? And, and we saw that Jesus has commanded us to go forth. Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Jesus is clear about our mission and our purpose and, our, and the reason why he has left us here for such a time as this. Amen? He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go th- Forth, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Glory to God. Should This should be our focus. We know this, we have read this, but the research tells us that only, get this, only 41% of the Midwestern people, the Bible Belt, only 41% of the people who call themselves evangelical Christians, have shared their faith at least once in the last year. What does that, what does that say about us? That 60, 60% of us aren't even burdened enough to share the love of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, the glory of salvation that he has bestowed upon us. Uh, We're going to look at, at a passage this morning in uh, Galatians or uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, Chapter Two, One through Four, uh, and what we're going to see here is is uh, the disciples of, of Jesus, the believers of the in in the gospel, in the good news, and how they were taking the gospel into the world, and how God was working through them. So, as you turn to First Thessalonians this morning, I need to give you a little bit of background upon this scripture that we're going to read. Now, you will see as you read through your New Testament, especially uh, Acts. Acts is just such an awesome book and how it it shows uh, how the disciples and, and, and Paul brought the gospel into the world. In Acts chapter 16, you'll see the story of Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas going to Philippi. As they go to Philippi, they encounter this young girl. This little girl has an evil spirit inside of her. And this uh, this little girl is a slave girl. She is owned by some other people. And so she, she has the ability, because of this evil spirit inside of her, uh, to, to tell fortunes, to tell the future. So these people are using her to make a lot of money. Uh, this she is their cash cow, and as they come as the spirit, this evil spirit in her leads her, as Paul and Silas come into Philippi and they start spreading the gospel, she comes behind them for many days and starts mocking them, saying that these are the men, these are the disciples of Jesus Christ who come bearing salvation into the world. That doesn't sound that bad, but she was doing it in a mocking way. So after several days of this happening, Paul rebukes her. He gets annoyed by her, and he says, Lord, will you cast this demon out of her? When this happens, the demon uh, submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ, amen, and he departs from her. But as soon as that happens, those people who own the little girl, they knew immediately that their cash cow had just left them. So they weren't happy that the demon possessed girl is not a demon possessed girl anymore. They're mad because they're going, they're not going to make any money off of her anymore. So they take Paul and Silas to the authorities. They take them out to to the marketplace and and they they t- they tell uh, the people there what has happened and that they're losing this and and then a bunch of other people join in because and they say this that that these people are are uh, are bringing up new customs that are, are not lawful for us. So at this time, the people there, they dragged Paul and Silas into the square, they ripped their clothes off, and they beat them with rods. As they After they get done beating them with rods, they throw them into a prison. And that's where we get the story of the jailer, right? Uh, and, and here we are. We have Paul and Silas. They are beaten, bruised, and they're in the stocks. Their feet are in the stocks in this prison. And, and of course, they have to be uh, just uh, in pain and suffering at this time. But the Bible tells us that about midnight, Paul and Silas are singing praises unto the Lord. And as they sing their praises through their suffering, what happens? The Lord sends a earthquake, and it busts open the jail. It breaks open their stocks. The the door of the jail is open. At this time, the jailer must have been asleep or something, but he notices that the door is open. This earthquake is happening, and that all of his prisoners have probably uh, escaped so, so he knows that he's going to be accountable for what happened, so he takes his sword out, and he's going to kill himself. But at that time, Paul and Silas see that, and they say, No, they cry out to him, No, don't do that. Don't do that. And they start telling him about what happened and that God has delivered them, and Jesus Christ can deliver him too. And then that guy takes them back to his house, and his whole house becomes Christians. Praise the Lord. That is the backstory that we get to as we go to First Thessalonians. Now one other thing that we need to understand here is this: that the reason why so many other people came and, and they started to uh, just uh, get mad at Paul and Silas and send him to prison in the first place is that in that community in Philippi at that time, there were pagan worship, but there' also an empor- emperor's cult. And as they started talking about these people are bringing things that are unlawful, that this cult was very mad because what they did, what they believed, was that Caesar was the Savior. That Caesar was Lord and Savior. And the problem that they had with Paul and Silas is that Paul and Silas are telling the truth that Jesus Christ is the one and only King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So now we see that they go to Thessalonica. King uh, Cassander uh, of uh, Macedonians, he he has named this city, Thessalonica, after his wife. How sweet of him, right? His wife happens to be the half-sister of Alexander the Great. Pretty smart guy to marry her and then name a city after her, right? So Thessalonica was known for its great amphitheater. There were gladiators that came to this amphitheater. Plays were done there. Uh, Political speeches were made there. Uh, Philosophy was shared there. And the people would come to this, this great place and, and they, would, they, would, they would hear that. Now Paul and Silas go there. They are there for three weeks and they go to the synagogue every, every Saturday and they're sharing them uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're proving to them through the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah and that, and that he has come to be the Lord and, uh, 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 of all people. So so many people begin to believe and they come to Christ. But then some of the Jewish leaders there in that synagogue become mad because they see this is changing things. And they bring out and, and start a mob and, and start this big fight in the city. And the people who are housing Paul in silence get dragged into it. And Paul wants to go out. He wants to He wants to share with them and reason with them the scripture, but... Uh, the, the people who are, are his brothers and sisters in Christ there say, no, Paul, let's live to fight another day. So now we see what is happening as Paul has to leave Thessalonica, but he is concerned for those people who have come to know Christ there, and he sends them this letter. So Thessalonians, Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians Chapter 2, looking at verse 1 through 4, says this, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we have already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God. In the midst of much conflict, For our appeal does not spring forth from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. Would you pray with me? Father, as as we just come before you, as we read your scriptures this morning, Father, we ask that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would test our hearts, Lord. I uh, pray for every person here today, Lord, that you would uh, you would give us clear direction in how you want us to go. Lord, you are King, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see uh, three things this morning as we look at uh, the story of Paul and Silas, their burden to share the truth about Jesus Christ with others. When you become burdened to share the truth of Jesus Christ with others, you can expect opposition. You can expect opposition. Uh, Jesus made a couple of statements in why we are going to have trouble in this world. Uh, In John chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. And in Matthew chapter 5 verse 11 Jesus says, "Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and others all and, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account." See and understand this believer that the world doesn't hate you, the world hates God. The world hates God, and then when you put yourself in line, when you get in step with Jesus Christ and make Him the Lord of your life, then the world is going to oppose you. Uh, The world does not want the truth. The world hates the truth because the truth doesn't align with the world's agenda. The world wants everybody to get in line with it. It wants you to get on that wide path where all roads lead to heaven, right? Where all religions are true and, and everybody gets to God. They want you and every idea to be accepted as truth and let's just move on. But God, the one true God, has proven himself. Amen? The one true God has given us Jesus Christ as proof. And there is only one way to God and that is in belief of Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God who died upon the cross for your sin and my sin. He made atonement for us that if we believe in Him we will be forgiven and God will accept us as His sons and daughters. There is only one way to God and that is through jesus christ now imagine this with me imagine if the world is correct if the world is correct then why is it in communist countries like china where it is illegal to be a christian then why is it that the underground church of believers in jesus christ is growing Why is it there where where all religions are supposed to be able to be accepted and and make it, why is it so so wrong to be a Christian? And why is it that so many people who are believing in Christianity, even to the point of persecution, uh, where they're either being killed, they're being taken of their stuff, or they're being put in prison, do they not uh, recant Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Why is it it's because that God has revealed himself to them. The God of truth has revealed himself to them, and they have come to know the meaning and purpose behind the love of a true God who loves them. They have been awakened to the truth. The falsehood of the world is not enough for them. There's no claims that they claim is, is truthful to them because they know the Lord God Almighty. There. They have been immovable from the peace and the joy that comes in the midst of knowing and having a true relationship with Jesus Christ. What is the most important thing in the world? The most important thing in the world is not getting a good job. The most important thing in the world is not making a lot of money. It is not by having nice things. It's not by having a nice house or a lot of toys to go with the house. The most important thing in the world is this. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Who do you declare Jesus to be? Have you determined that Jesus is the one and the only Savior of the world? Because how you answer that question, who is Jesus to you, is going to determine not only how you live your life while you're here on this rock, but how you're going to spend eternity. And know this, our adversary the devil is going to do whatever he can in whatever way he can to oppose you when you start speaking the truth. So expect opposition. When you start sharing your faith, opposition will come to you but take joy. Rejoice when opposition comes to you because you know this, you must be doing something right. I think Paul and Silas would agree with us when we talk about that. Amen? The second thing I want you to see this morning is that uh, those who are gospel-centered and sharing their faith need to be confident. As we looked at this story from Paul and Silas this morning and, and how they were humiliated in that public scare, square where they were, they were torn of their clothes in front of everybody and they were beaten and they were jailed, yet we saw them. They did not get down. They continued to have their faith in Jesus Christ. They were not shaken. Their confidence was not taken away from them. But their hope and their joy in sharing and rejoicing in the Lord who had, uh, himself suffered and bled for them upon the cross, brought them peace and joy. And we, didn't, we don't just see that they were comforting themselves, but we see that God did not abandon them, but he delivered them by their faith and through their suffering. He, he, he brought, he brought an earthquake, praise God. I I just love the way that Paul uh, phrases this in Thessalonians where he says, As you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. Paul was encouraged because his Lord, his God, his deliverer was using him. Is bringing Him forth to share the gospel. Listen, brothers and sisters, I, I, ne- I need you to understand and be truthful and honest with you this morning. I, I am a believer of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. I Not that I am perfect in any means. I continue to to to, to struggle with the, the deals of sin, but God has forgiven me of that and continues can, can to draw me closer and to, closer to Him. It's because of Him that I am falling more in love with, Jesus every day. It's because of Him that that I can continue on. It's because of Him that 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 I am not drawn to to drugs or substance abuse of any kind. It's because of Him I, I I don't want to steal or cheat or lie. It's because of Him that that I don't cheat on my wife or want other people. It's because of Him and the love that He has bestowed upon me that I want to share the love of Christ with all the world. It's because of the truth, the truth of my Lord and Savior that I know. And I know that this truth is also true, that one day, one glorious day, God is going to come back and make all things right. On that day, you and I will give an account of what we've done here on this earth. We will give account, we will be judged for the things that we have done. It's because we know the truth. And it's because of the truth that I am confident in my Lord and Savior, and my God. Just as Paul and Silas were confident in the Lord and Savior. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at that day of Jesus Christ. The King James Version and it says this, and I love this as well, it says, be confident. Be confident of these things that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake, my friends, God is going to do what he has declared he will do God is going to accomplish His will. And you can have confidence. I can have confidence. We all can have confidence. in Your confidence might get shattered by everything else in this world. But you can have confidence in God. Because God will do what He was. God cannot lie. Third thing is, you need to trust Him. Trust Him. Verse 4 in Thessalonians 1 says, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Get this. Understand this. The good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the truth, has been entrusted to you and I. It has been entrusted to you and I to do what? To share it. This is our purpose. This is our mission. God has entrusted you with the key of salvation unto others and God has given you and I a voice. He has given you and I a story. It is called your testimony. When you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there was a story behind that in the way God moved in your life, and you are called, my friend, to share that story. There is nothing probably more powerful than Jesus Christ himself than the testimony of the believer. The testimony, the story in which he has brought you into salvation and in that he has brought you into glory, into the kingdom of God. I am a child of God because he has come to me, he pursued me, he loved me and I put my faith and trust in him. Living. Understand this, living a good life, living a moral life in front of the world is a good thing. It's the right thing we're supposed to do, but that is not enough. Romans ten fourteen says this, and it is extremely clear, I think. It says, how, the will, how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? I ask you, my friends, who's your one? Who's your one? And is God uh, revealing to you somebody in your life that needs to hear your story of how you came to know Jesus Christ? Is God revealing to you people in your life that have fallen away from the truth and that need to be brought back? The Bible says that you, ye who are uh, uh, of right, go gently unto them and bring them back. God has told us, he has given us this purpose to go forth and tell the truth unto the world and to be his witnesses, to be encouragers to those around us. We are to love one another and to lift up the Lord. Who is your one? I ask you, who is your one as God uh, just putting somebody upon your heart uh, and, and driving them into to be pr- in prayer and being ready to share your faith with them? Are you praying each morning that your one might change? Each and every day, especially as our mission team goes out, each and every day they will be confronted with people in their lives that need to have know the good news of Jesus Christ, that need to have an encouraging word said to them, that need to be prayed over, that need to be loved and shown the glory of God. God that need to be shown Jesus Christ in their lives. This, who is your one? Can you imagine the impact if we truly did what we say we were supposed to do? Can you imagine what this room will look like next week if people said, hey, I've got one I need to go get? Every one of us is called to this mission. God has entrusted us with the gospel. It is is not anything for us to be anxious about, but it is to be in prayer about and to have God leading us. He has set forth a lamp before our feet for us to go, and if we follow that lamp, He is going to lead you to that one who needs to hear the encouraging words of Jesus Christ from you tomorrow and today. God has given us these things over and over again. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, God gave this commission to, to the people way back in that day. He said, I have not commanded you, I, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God has entrusted you to this mission, to this purpose, because and because God has entrusted you with this, we can trust God that He is going to do what He said He would do at the commission. I am with you always. Where are you today? Where are you today? Where is God leading you today? What is He calling you today to do? Who is your one? Maybe you're here today and and your One is yourself. Because God has been speaking unto you the truth and you know that he is the truth, the life and the way. But you have been putting him off. You haven't made him the Lord and and Savior of your life. Today, if he is speaking unto you, then today is your day of salvation. So you need to come to him, put your trust and your faith in him and change your life, change your direction, change where your, your eternity is heading. Maybe you're here today and God has just burdened you with somebody And you know know exactly who that is, but you need to pray over them. You need to have your church family pray over them. You need to be uh, uh, in, in desperation to give them the gospel truth. Today, however God is leading you, you need to trust and obey. So as we, lead, we go into this time of invitation, I'm going to pray for you, and then uh, I'm going to ask you to stand, and, and we'll have a time where the altar will be open to pray. I will be up here to, to, uh, to show you the truth out of God's Word, and however you are needing it, uh, however God is speaking to you, you need to be obedient to Him and move. Let's pray. Father, I, I, again, I just thank you for this time. I praise your holy name for the gospel and the truth. Father, I pray that this church would be a tr- church that is all about the truth. Father, we thank you that, that uh, this bunch of misfits, this bunch of sinners that have fallen and continue to fall have been forgiven. And God, we ask that you would, uh, you would help us and deliver us uh, to, to, to be your hands and feet, to be the mission which you have called us to be. And Lord, that we would bring glory to your holy name. Father, again, I pray if there's one person here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that they would be drawn to you and they would come to know eternal life through you today. Lord, that we pray this in Jesus' precious blood. Amen. Let's stand and however God is calling you, you come.